Hey, welcome to this episode of Light 'em Up. We take a deep dive on the criminal justice system, crime scene investigation, and leadership. We enlighten, educate, and empower others with the truth. Like it or not, the truth disturbs, the truth divides, but ultimately, the truth delivers. Hey, I'm your host, Phil Rizzo. I'm the principal owner of Rizzo's Protective Group. We are a high-risk security consulting firm headquartered out of Akron, Ohio, and with offices in the Bronx, New York, and Cerro Alto, the Dominican Republic. Hey, as we put the ball on the tee to line things up for kickoff, we speak life, health, and prosperity over each and every one of you, and we want to thank you for joining us. Today, on this explosive episode of Light 'em Up, we peel back the raw, unfiltered emotion as we explore the deep mental anguish and the emotional heartache and pain that can only fill a mother's heart on Mother's Day, while the razor wire and steel bars of prison separate her from her child that is incarcerated, and in this specific case, even more hurtful, wrongfully incarcerated. As we look back on Mother's Day, which fell on the calendar this year, on May 7th. For many people, Mother's Day is a time of celebration. It's a time to honor mothers and those who play a maternal role. Some will celebrate the mothers in their lives by bringing them breakfast in bed, treating them to a delicious brunch, maybe buying them beautiful flowers, or maybe planning and scheduling a trip to the spa, or others may offer a handwritten but heartfelt note that simply says, I love you. While this is often a moment of joy, as mothers of incarcerated children, it's also a time of deep anguish. As we kick things off, let's compare and contrast one example. While almost all cancer survivors will face psychological and emotional issues that can show up many years after treatment, it is common and empathetic for us to recognize the suffering of members of the family around those battling the dreaded disease of cancer. Those impacts can be and are devastating. We reference that to say this. It is imperative to mention that a similar and corollary type of suffering impacts family members of someone that is incarcerated as well. And why wouldn't it? Yet we don't stigmatize the former and we do stigmatize the latter. Offenders are stigmatized for their offense and their families are often stigmatized as well. Families are seen as guilty by association even though they've done nothing wrong and are legally innocent and in general have had no involvement whatsoever in the charged offense. This stigma is sometimes referred to as courtesy stigma or stigma by association. This stigma makes the imprisonment even more difficult for family members and it can also mean that families are treated negatively by other members of the community, co-workers, colleagues, peers, the media, and even friends and family. This only serves to add to the suffering of a family member, and in this specific case, to a mother who is already suffering. Prison is designed to punish the offender. But what do you do when the, quote, offender has done no wrong and is wrongfully incarcerated? This happens more often than many care to acknowledge, and from our episode on mistaken eyewitness identification, it happens far more often to individuals of color. Now let's be honest. For all intents and purposes, society has locked the door and thrown away the key on those that are incarcerated. Prisoners in the U.S. correctional system may as well be detainees held at Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. 
Fyodor Dostoevsky said, A society should be judged not by how it treats its outstanding citizens, but by how it treats those it incarcerates. Again, in this specific case, the accused, our special guest's son, has done no wrong. He was honest and forthcoming with the police. He had no involvement in the crime. His only connection was that he was present, poor, and a person of color. For the record, we are approaching three years into this process. The state of Alabama has shared no reciprocal information on discovery that the defense may use in the preparation of their case, and to date, the sitting judge has not ruled on any of the defendant's motions. Light 'em Up recalls Khalif Browder, who spent three years in pretrial detention at the notorious and deadly Rikers Island. Khalif committed suicide for the traumas that the system put him through. As we said, Kim Keisha's son, Tarion, is approaching his third year in pretrial detention. It clearly appears that the constitutional protection and guarantee of the right to a speedy trial is non-existent in the U.S. for those that are indigent and of color. For nearly 50 years, the incarceration rate in the U.S. has grown exponentially, with 2.3 million people locked up in 1,719 correctional facilities, the United States imprisons more people per capita than any other nation on earth, according to the Prison Policy Initiative. Today, the U.S. has the largest prison population in the world. Incarceration is especially common in poor communities of color where nearly 70% of black men who did not finish high school and are approaching midlife will be in prison at some point in their lives. Mass incarceration has made family member incarceration a common thing. Again, low-income families of color are disproportionately impacted, especially the women who are often the ones bearing the responsibility of taking care of family members on both the inside and the outside. Given practical, financial, social, and emotional effects of imprisonment, a prison sentence can also have punitive consequences for families outside prison. Prisoners' families, particularly the children, are often termed the innocent victims of crime and punishment. For a long time, prisoners' families were also referred to as the hidden or invisible victims of punishment or crime, since the hardships they experienced were not immediately obvious. Today, from a mother's perspective, we shine the light of the truth on one specific case and the experiences of one specific family of a young man incarcerated in the deep south of Alabama with the hope of providing some real-time insight on the suffering and the issues faced by those who are incarcerated in order to perhaps influence policy, procedure, practice, academia, and the media of the resonating and resounding effects of imprisonment on the innocent. Hey, we welcome back to Light em Up, Kim Keisha Johnson, mother of Tarion Dunn. Kim Keisha, welcome to Light em Up, and how are you? Thank you. I am, you know, I'm still holding on, trying my best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kim Keisha, do us a favor right off the bat. Why don't you bring us up to date? What, if anything, has recently happened in your son's case? We are still where we were from day one. There has been, it hasn't been any more information. We keep going to court for it seems like the same thing um 
and it's really nothing has changed with his case from December 3rd of 2019 till now. I still have never received a motion of discovery. They still cannot tell me why they are holding him for two plus years, which in December will be three years. I have no answers to any of my questions. Yeah. They just give me, you know, a, a deaf ear. They don't have any answers for me, you know. As um, we went over in previous um, interviews, everyone else that was involved in this case, all of the other co-defendants, which was Ollie Curtis III, La Jasmine Luckett, as well as a 14-year-old whose, you know, name we cannot mention because of her age, mm-hmm. have all been out on bond since this has happened. And Tyrion has been the only one remaining in jail since all of this occurred. And no one can tell me why everyone has received a bond, been home with their families, still doing their every day and enjoying their lives to the fullest. And he has been the only one still incarcerated at this time. Yeah, that is definitely a travesty of justice. Speaking of Tarion, how is Tarion doing? Since all of this happened, this is the first time here recently since Tarion's last court date. When was that that we talked? Was it April 5th, I believe, Phil? Yeah, that sounds, um, sounds about right. Yeah, I think it was the, since then, it has been the first time where I feel like that he's to the point where he, he is just completely tired. Like, I just can't do it anymore, Mom. I'm just, I'm just tired. And, you know, I don't want him thinking anything crazy or his mind playing tricks or where he wants to do any type of self-harm or anything, but he is tired and it's definitely taking a toll on him. He's definitely to the point where he is just over it. Like, he don't understand, like, why am I still here? All of his questions, he wants answer to. He writes his attorney, he writes, and nobody is responding to him. Nobody is answering any of his questions. We go to court for him to just keep pleading guilty or not guilty and we have done that at least four times and that's it yeah this is this is the strangest case that i've ever encountered really it is share with us where you are emotionally in this moment regarding regarding all that's transpired since this nightmare for terry on you and the family started back in december of 2019 where are you emotionally you know you you would think that after three years it'd be some kind of you know well i'm okay you know i'm I'm, but it's not i don't want to get on here and 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 fake it you know to make anybody believe that it gets any easier because it does not emotionally i um i have days where i literally cannot get up out of the bed It, it is so painful it and so it's almost hard to just put in words without, you know, using words, you know, you don't want me using on here. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. it, it just hurts. And I can't get up some days. Some time I can go a couple of days where I just don't have an appetite, especially if he says something like, uh, but you're not going to believe what they brought in here for us to eat. And, and 
absolutely makes me sick. Where here I am able to go to Popeye's or a KFC or a burger place or anything like that and eat what I want and my child isn't. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. My mom, my mom has um, her blood pressure. She's never had issues with her blood pressure or anything of that nature. And I know that this and what's going on with Teriana, this case, has a lot to do with it. So we just cannot get her blood pressure to get back, you know, regulated. And the doctors don't even know what's causing it. Um, the only thing they can say is, you know, stress. And she worries. And she, she worries about Terion so much. And um, so it's, it's been my mom. His brothers, especially his brother Davion, they have an extremely close relationship. So that's him and his brother Rodriguez, but him and his brother Davion, they are the ones that have talked on the phone the most since Tyrion has been gone. And when he's all get off the phone with Tyrion, it's just, boy, he's just in this funk. He's just in this, you know... It, and I can tell that he just don't want to talk to anybody. And he don't want to be bothered. And you know how boys are, especially young men. You know, they feel like, well, you know, I got to be tough. I, I'm not going to cry or anything. When he's really to the point where he just feels like he will break at any moment. But they just try to be so strong. And really, none of us are strong. We just try to be strong and do the best we can, especially when we're on that phone with yeah yeah it's an impossible situation it really is as we had mentioned that we were going to read some responses from parents with incarcerated children from the facebook group uh, our first entry that we received regarding mother's day and how mother's day impacted mothers in the group that have children that are incarcerated melanie calloway said i stayed in bed and cried most of the day my daughter moved to Ohio last year, so Mother's Day was a bust for me. And Rebecca Hayward wrote in and said, I don't celebrate Mother's Day. I think every day is Mother's Day, but that day I just stay in prayer. Just always take it slow. You know, if we are to take a trauma-informed approach to crime victims... Rhetorically, we ask, and we ask this to everybody who's listening. This isn't a question for our special guest, Kim Keisha. But we ask, why don't we do the same towards those who suffer as well as family members of those that are incarcerated? If we're going to take a trauma-informed approach to crime victims, why not also to family members? And as we're going to say throughout this broadcast, in this specific instance, Kim Keisha is the mother of a son who has been wrongfully accused and wrongfully imprisoned. Now, getting back to the concept of trauma, as we know, trauma is an event or a series of events or, for example, a set of circumstances experienced by an individual that is physically or emotionally harmful or maybe even life-threatening and that has a lasting adverse effect on the individual's functioning and mental, physical, social, emotional, or spiritual well-being. As she mentioned that her mom, Terion's grandmother, has suffered with high blood pressure through all of the stress of this incarceration for her grandson. And trauma can be suffered by anyone. So as we had stated earlier in our intro, and Kim Keisha, correct me if I'm wrong, this is your third Mother's Day being separated from Terion? 
Yes, this is the third Mother's Day. Um, that is absolutely correct. And you know, besides Terry, I have three other boys, but it's still so hard because it's like a piece of your puzzle is it's not there. A piece is missing. A part of your heart is somewhere else and it's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So Mother's Day, you know, the boys try to do things, other boys, they I'm talking about the other three. They, you know, Happy Mother's Day, Mom, and cards, and this and that. And I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not appreciative of that, and that it doesn't mean anything. But it's just my Mother's Day. Are not, it's just not complete anymore. It's not. It's, it's just not complete. And I don't know any other way to say that. It's just not. And um, it, it will never be until I have all four of my boys in my view, in my house, where we're all talking in the same room, not where I'm on the phone and that darn recording is coming on throughout your whole conversation. You know, this is a call with a correction facility or, or whatever they're saying. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was extremely hard but I did try to put on a good face for the other boys because they really tried to you know make the best of that day as they could for me as possible but I, I wasn't there I wasn't feeling it at all yeah yeah no that's understandable and that that takes us right into our specific question about Mother's Day you know as a mother and you've pretty much touched on all the aspects of this but if you want to elaborate any more on that on this question you know as a mother on Mother's day what is the pain of separation like knowing that your child is innocent of the crime he's charged with but nevertheless incarcerated that is the hardest that is what you know knock you down to your knees and that's what keeps your knees hitting the pavement you know or the ground the floor or whatever in prayer because you know that they have your child and they're holding your child for something that he did not do and what was even more sad and it hurts is that they know that system that particular county, Choctaw County, in Butler, Alabama, they know that Tyrion is innocent. They know Tyrion had anything to do with causing the death of Brandon Howard. They know this, and they're holding my child with no kind of sympathy, remorse. They they have nothing. They they show nothing until I'm like, are these real people or are these people that has gotten on this part of the earth, this part of the world is straight from the devil because these are some of the most uncaring, evil liars I have ever encountered in my life. And they lie with a straight face in it, it don't bother them. Yeah. It don't bother them under oath. They don't care. They do not care. And it's just painful, Phil. It's, it's almost like somebody just give you the hardest punch to your gut that they can give you. And it just sits there for a while. 
it's, it's, it's no way to, it's almost like you're lost for words to explain to how it feels. And until a mom has really gone through that, I can honestly say they would never know because I didn't know. I didn't know. I would read stories and things like that, but oh, all my children are here with me. And I would go, oh, that is so sad. You know, I hate that the family is going through that. But until you are going through it, or like some of the moms in that group, uh, parents with incarcerated children, or uh, moms with sons in prison, um, although Terion is not in prison at this point, he's still in a county jail after three years. You just fully never understand until you're sitting where we're sitting. And when I read some of the comments of the moms, they come to that group to vent and to talk because they even say how their family and their friends just don't understand how they are feeling. They just don't get it. And, you know, we try to understand that, but we want them to try to understand where we're coming from as well. Just walk in our shoes just for a minute. Just try to, you know, think about how you would feel if your child was somewhere innocent, charged with a crime that he had nothing to do do it and has been sitting in a jail or just riding away for almost three years. How would anybody out there feel? It hurts. It hurts like hell. It yeah. hurts. Yeah. No, that's completely understandable. For our listeners who happen to be tuning in to this specific edition, uh, if you feel compelled to help financially with the legal defense fund for Tarion and provide any benevolent monetary gifts and support for the family, you can do so at this web address. All you need to do is go to https colon slash slash gogetfunding.com and gogetfunding is all one word gogetfunding.com slash justice for Tarion slash and hit enter and the number four is used in between the words justice and Tarion it reads justice the number four Tarion slash and we're going to add these notes to our liner notes for this specific episode and we're going to give this information again throughout this broadcast and again, from parents with incarcerated children from the Facebook group, Teresa Figueroa writes in and says, It was very hard. I felt like a piece of my heart was ripped from me. But I remember someone in this group reminded us that we have to remember our other children that we have that are not incarcerated and try to enjoy our day. Then I had a video call with my son and he told me not to be sad. He told me he's okay and that he was sorry he put me in the position. But we enjoyed our Zoom call. I would consider myself blessed. Also, Pat Parnell goes on to say regarding her Mother's Day with her child incarcerated. She said, worst Mother's Day ever. And Carol Nolan said she never heard from her child. Kim Keisha, can you share with us, and you've shared a little bit of what it's been like for your sons and for your mom. What has been the impact on your other sons and his grandmother, whom, as I understand it, is very close with your son? What has been the impact on your sons, his siblings, Terion's siblings, and his granny? Well, uh, I will start with my other boys first. His brothers, they, they feel broken. They grew up still very, very close to one another. 
and they're broken. My, my, my children are hurting. They are hurting for their brother. They, they want their brother home. You know, they talk a lot to him as much as they can on the phone because those calls are extremely high. But they talk as much as they can to him on the phone. And we do at least try to encourage Terry on. And I encourage the other boys that no matter what, you know, try to put on your big boy clothes and talk when you're talking to Terry on and don't make him think anything is wrong. We always try to make him feel like that everything is okay. We just had um, a death actually. And in, in, in our family, well, it was with their dad, with um, Delano Sullivan, with their dad. And it was actually his great nephew. It was his, his nephew's son, James Kelly Jr., um, 26 years old. And he um, just died suddenly. Little James, as we called him, had also been incarcerated for a short period of time just for like you know little misdemeanor things little things that he got into here there when um the truth be told um and as i read a lot in that group uh prison was never where he should have been he was going through different things in life he was going through things with an addiction and i don't think that um his his parents, his family, his parents, his father, James, especially, might be sharing this at all. But I'm saying this to say that they had him in prison all of this time where he was still able to get drugs while he was in prison. He was not, um, no kind of rehabilitation for him, no kind of help. And so when he got out and got home, I, I believe he got home in December of last year, and here we are just in May, and um, we actually had his funeral and buried him last week from an overdose, because he never got the, got the help, they just threw him in prison, and they were not helping him in prison, doing anything to rehabilitate him, and my boys were extremely close too, too. I'm going to say again, little James, but his name was James Kelly Jr. He was their barber. He cut their hair. He had actually just cut Davion's hair this Saturday before he passed away. So, you know, the boys are, are, are dealing with that on top of knowing that little James was also once incarcerated. And now they have Tyrion incarcerated. So it makes them wonder even more, you know, what in the world do they have going on in these places? Places. So the boys are just, you know, they don't want to cry because, you know, I don't know whoever put it out in the world that young men or men are supposed to cry, but that's a bunch of crap. I tell my boys to let it out. If you feel like you need to cry about your brother, it's okay to cry about your brother. You feel like you need to cry about your cousin, you cry about your cousin. Because holding that stuff in is not good because we can hold so much in. I don't want them to get to the point where they start doing other things because they're trying to cope and deal with what they're going through and what I mean by other things, things that, that aren't right illegal type things or drugs or different things because they're trying to deal with things and they don't really know how to deal with it. So when you talk about the trauma with the family, I feel like that, that sh there should be something in place where uh, we need some kind of support groups, you know, like these AA meetings and all of these people, they meet 
almost every day of the week. It's an AA meeting somewhere that you can go to every day of the week if you want to. I feel like that should be put in place for parents and loved ones of incarcerated people because we too are going through so much trauma. And I tell my other boys, and I've also mentioned it to Terry Young, every day that you're doing in that place, I'm doing. Feel I feel like I am locked up as well. I feel like that I am in jail myself. Sure. Because I had no peace. I cannot even have a normal day like I'm in the free world because my mind is always going to fall on Tyrion. Um, as far as my mom, you know, she tries to, she likes doing things like in her garden. She likes to cook. She likes to do different things like that. She's even gotten away from those things. She thinks none of us are really noticing, but we are. Where she just don't have that same willpower that she's always had. My mom has always been very strong she's been through a lot of stuff you know but she's always been strong and I can honestly say this right here has caused my mom to be the weakest I have ever seen her in my entire life I see I see yeah and for sure Kim Keisha we extend our condolences on the passing of the member of the family for sure for that and uh just want to mention that uh, while we're here on the air together, for sure, as we push forward with our conversation here, you know, with the cost of everything on the increase, everything is on the up right now, gas, food, everything, phone calls, you know, putting money on your son's commissary books. How has that impacted you financially? Oh, so I, it, it, what I tell you. It's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Because some days I just absolutely, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it from one week to the next. And I choose, I, I am literally choosing whether to pay a phone bill, um, how much I can spend at the grocery store. And it reminds you, I have other children here that have, that have to eat as well. But I am on such a strict budget because... I am going to make sure that no matter what, that he's able to get a bag of chips or a thing of noodles because they feed them dinner like at four o'clock in the evening. Who isn't hungry or at least want another snack before 10 or 11 o'clock at night when you're getting ready to go to sleep? Those are a lot of hours. And then what they're feeding them isn't, it's nothing nutritious. It's nothing that's, that's filling them up to begin with. You know, they feed them like they're just taking their their slop or their leftovers out to their dog in the backyard or something, you know? So, yeah. come on. And it is extremely hard because that stuff is so high. I think uh, I think a body wash is like $10. Yeah, Might be a little over $10. And it's not even a, a big size body wash. Uh, a one white one white t-shirt is $9 for a t-shirt. And there's only one t-shirt. So it, it is ridiculous. It's re, it is ridiculous. You know, like I said, Phil, I have to, I, I have to choose. I have to sure. really say, go at a grocery store and say, okay, I cannot spend any more than this. Okay, well, I'm going to have to do this. I found myself from changing to the laundry detergent that I've used all of their lives to 
I'm using a cheaper laundry detergent now. That saves money. I don't use Clorox anymore. The name brand Clorox, I'm using an off-brand bleach now. Yeah. Because that saves money. No, that's understandable. Um, yeah, for sure. And off-brand off, off dish detergent because that saves money. That's money that I'm able to put on his book. So it's you. You really have to change your way of living in order to help your child. No, for sure. And for our listeners, if you feel compelled to help financially with the legal defense fund that we've established for Tarion and provide any benevolent monetary gift and support for the family. You can do so at this web address, and we're going to give this information more for this specific broadcast, but you can go to https colon slash slash gogetfunding.com slash justice for Tarion slash and then hit enter. And justice for Tarion, that's all one word, and Tarion is spelled T-E-R-R-I-O-N. In this particular version, there's no apostrophe in between the two R's. It just is spelled justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E, the number four, Terion, T-E-R-R-I-O-N. And like I said, we're going to give this information more throughout the broadcast. And to touch base with parents of incarcerated children, the Facebook group that we had requested information from them on Mother's Day for, this is a retrospective, we're looking back. We know that Mother's Day has already come and gone on the calendar, but never Nevertheless, we wanted to touch on this issue because it's an important issue. Kelly O'Neill Hockaday wrote in and said, I was able to talk to my daughter, so it was an okay day. She texted to me a few times or sent me text messages a few times. She had arranged with her older sister to get me flowers and some chocolates, and she told me to buy myself something with her tax refund money. She goes on to say, so I plan on getting a ring or charm for my bracelet. God willing, she'll be out next Mother's Day, so it is what it is. And hopefully next year, I'll get to see both of my girls that day. And Angel Spry Roberts wrote in, and she says, It was a very difficult day on multiple levels for me. Not only is my only son locked away, but it was his first Mother's Day since my mother passed in October of 2021. She goes on to write, I was fortunate and grateful to hear my son's voice and know that he's doing fine and in good spirits. That was at least the highlight of my day. This journey has not been easy and it helps when you have a support system. My mom was my and my son's support system throughout our entire lives and especially since he was locked up. I'm thankful that she saw the changes in him and the growth before she laid her eyes to rest. She goes on to say, It is also what keeps me going to see him in person, hug him again, and create new memories with each other so we can share for years to come. I'm praying things can change so these kids slash young adults slash adults can see the effects of their actions on not just them, but for a family as a whole. And again, that was Angel Spry Roberts who wrote in. Kim Keisha, when you saw Tarion at his arraignment, tell our listeners, how has your son grown since he's been incarcerated? <laughs> he looks like a grown man. He doesn't look like my little boy. He looks like a grown man. He's grown so much. He is, he is, um, this, this part right here makes me a little emotional, so I'm sorry. It's but okay. he okay. looks so 
so grown, but when I look into his eyes, I can see the sadness. And I asked, I said, why are you looking like that? And his attorney said, well, he's trying not to cry. I get that, but I wasn't talking to her. I get that he wasn't trying to cry, but I I saw something else in my son's eyes and I saw sadness. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw how sad he was. He's my child. I know her in ways that she would never know him. I don't care how many times she talks to him. And I saw sadness and I saw hurt. And I know that he was trying not to cry, cry because it was myself, his granny, his brothers, his dad. We were all standing there. And since being, you know, being incarcerated, that was the first time in almost three years that he had seen, that he seen Delano, well, seen his dad. That was a very, very touching moment. And when we talked to him next, you know, he was just like, it was so good. It was so good. I was so glad to see Pops, as he calls him. He calls it Pops. <laughs> so, you know, just think about, you know, you haven't seen somebody in almost three years and you're able to just lay your eyes on him. But I wasn't able to hug him or anything like that. You know, they, they keep bringing up all this stuff about, well, it's no touching and this and that because of COVID. And I'm just like, this. these people are a joke because they're the only ones here in Huntsville, they have visitation. I read on the groups on Facebook where these moms are traveling to see their children and getting to hug their children. So why is it that this little simple county jail still is saying, no, you can't visit your child, you can't hug your child, you can't see your child because of COVID? I'm so confused with that. Like, why is it still in place for them and for nobody else? I I just don't understand. But uh, he was really glad to see us as we were, you know, to see him. And um, it was bittersweet because I'm just tired of going to that place and he's not going home with me. You know, I just want him to be able to walk out with the rest of us. And that's one thing my mom said until I don't even think she was able to eat that entire day. His granny. And she's just like, I'm just it it just hurts me that all the rest of us are able to come home and he has to stay. And, you know, those words were just were just piercing to my soul for her to say that it it was just extremely hard, you know. To have to walk out of there and leave him in the hands and leave him with those people again. No, that's extremely hard. Perfectly understandable, for sure. Share with us the anxiety that you have suffered and describe for us what specifically the anxiety symptoms and panic attack symptoms that you might feel from time to time. Uh, as far as myself, uh, I am sleep. I, I, I get to the point where I feel like I can't breathe. Like I'm literally, I literally cannot breathe. Feel I feel like I'm getting no air. Um, my heart races. I get the symptoms of where I'm just nauseated. The feeling of wanting to throw up. But one of my main symptoms are where I feel like 
I can't breathe. Like I'm, I'm not getting any air. And I know it's panic attacks. Um, I use all of those exercises that you actually emailed and sent to me, which helps so much. The breathing mm-hmm. techniques that you taught me, it helps so much when I get to the point where I can't breathe. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm actually, actually having to talk to a therapist now, but I just want for everybody out there to know that if you just really, really need someone to talk to that's going to listen and give you his best words of advice, feel free to text or try to reach out to Mr. Phil Rizzo here because he's definitely been my therapist. My go-to person, my person I pick up that phone to call to say, I am not doing good. Uh, I am having a panic attack out of this world. You know, I, I let's pray. I need prayer. Yes, yeah. I'm not doing good. And, and I just want to thank you, Phil, at this time while we have a moment before we continue with the questions. I could have not got through it thus far where I am at now with all of this if it hadn't been for you and oh. Your wife, Millie, praying for us and just keeping me encouraged because, like I say, I don't have some family and friends that have done what you have done for Tyrion and I, you know, where you will send me a text message, hey, just wanted to see what's going on, just want to check on you. And anybody that's going through this and that's listening, you all know how much that means and how much we need that. And you have been... I wish there was a word bigger than great that I could use, but you have been great, and I appreciate you so much. But yeah, the anxiety um, is where I'm not able to breathe, no appetite, no sleep, insomnia. You you just cannot sleep sometimes through this. And it's like you don't know how you're going where you have not slept a week at night, but you can still get up and go to work. You can still get up and have a full day like you slept all day. And so finally, and then you may even have day two of that where I found myself, I've had day one, two, and three where I'm up. I have not slept. I have not taken a rest. I have not done anything until finally my body is saying, okay, enough. And my body shuts down because if it was left up to me, I just would not lay down. It's, you, you almost feel like you're dying. It's almost like you're afraid to go to sleep. I, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my case is like I'm almost afraid to sleep. I see. We want to make sure you know that you've been a blessing to us and we are in this to win it. And like I've said before on the air, justice comes to those that fight, not those that cry. And I know it's okay to cry. Nothing wrong with crying, but we're going to continue to fight and fight until we get Terry on home and on the sofa. So that said, as we transition further into our conversation, we wanted to drop another entry from Krista Stacy Napier. She says the hardest holiday for me is Mother's Day. It's the hardest holiday for me. Like Teresa Figueroa, who we previously mentioned, said, you have to remember your other children. It's difficult to pretend to be okay when a piece of your heart isn't with you. She goes on to say she's very blessed to hear from all of her children and spend time with the grandbabies. That was Krista Stacy Napier. Kimmy, as we push forward here, in a small town, 
where everybody knows everyone else. Being a parent of a child that's incarcerated, do you suffer from any prejudice or prejudgment from those who know or have known you because of the fact that your son is currently incarcerated? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not only from friends. I honestly believe within my heart that I have family members that are prejudging my child without knowing, without having any kind of... I have family members that act the exact same way as, you know, uh, it's people that I felt like I was extremely, extremely close to. I I haven't talked to those people or heard from those people. Uh, I don't have anybody really reaching out to me saying, well, how is Terrion? Or I just wanted to pick the phone up to check on you to see how you're doing, uh, to see how you're holding up. I, I, I don't. I don't. Nobody. Nobody. And not just family and friends. I know that my siblings care. I know my siblings, they love Tyrion a great deal, but they just don't understand, I don't think, what it would be to me for them to pick the phone up or send me a text message to say, hey, just thinking about you, want to know how you're doing. When was the last time you talked to Tyrion? How is he doing? And they don't do that. And it, it's hurtful. It, it hurt my feelings. My aunts, my uncles, on my mom's side, my mom only has out of eight children my mom only has one brother and one sister living versus my dad's side all out of eight children as well everybody is living except for one uncle my uncle andrew who i know for a fact that if he was still living he would be helping me fight this with everything he had in him I know that for a fact because that's who he was. He was, you know, how they could have used the word goat now. He was absolutely the goat in our family. Besides my Aunt Linda, who she does, she's she's been there a lot for me. But as far as any of my other aunts and uncles, absolutely not. I have some that have never asked about Tyrion, have never called me or anything. And that's because I know that they're prejudged they're more concerned about what the community or what the people in Choctaw County, those that don't know what went on, but they just know that they heard that, you know, you're you're automatically guilty just because they just because the police department said it just because you've been arrested and so i think my family are pretty much they're more concerned with the community and what the community wants to say i have an uncle who went to school with brandon howard's mom and i just really feel like that he uh because he said that well you know that's my classmate and she said that she just want justice for her son and I'm like, I could not believe that he said that to my mom, being my uncle, being my father's brother, because as well as your classmate wants justice for her, for her son, it just really upsets me. For her son, we also want justice for your great nephew. You know, it's yeah. so not all the time blood is thicker than water. That's not always the case. 
Yeah. It absolutely is not. So I just have to let those people be who they are and I continue to pray for them. But yeah, it's absolutely people that I believe within my heart that they, that they, they, didn't, they haven't had him for three years for nothing. You know, they're thinking like this and they don't have a clue. Yeah. They don't have a clue. And I'm here to tell them, the ones that are listening, they absolutely have had him there for three years. And he's 100% not guilty. Tyrion has not done anything, anything. He had nothing to do with the death of that young man. Choctaw County has held him for three years. And they cannot tell us why. So before, I'm just asking you as his mother, I'm asking you as a person do not judge him do not jump to conclusions because it's so much that you all do not know you do not know what we are dealing with you do not know the things that i know dealing with this case thus far but i want you to know that my son terry Dunn, is innocent and that will also be proven and come to light and i have faith and i'm claiming it terry Dunn will be home and I just want to see what you all's reaction will be then. But I just really hope that everybody, those that prejudged him, that talked about him, I just want them to keep that same energy. Even his friends that he felt that he was so close with that hasn't reached out, hasn't message me to see what his information is. I put his address on Facebook many a times for those that want to reach out or write him or anything like that. And they have not. And these are people and friends that Tyrion loved. He loved his friends. And if it's okay, I want to give a shout out, as they would say, or I just want to recognize a few people that I appreciate that have Kalissa Johnson. Mm-hmm. It is Tanya. I'm not sure she says her name. Tanya Atanya Ridgeway. Okay. Those two have absolutely reached out to me, have absolutely asked about Tyrion. Miss Ridgeway messaged me and asked for me to give Tyrion her number. So they have absolutely been the ones, and it hasn't stopped there. That wasn't their first time, and I know it won't be their last, but they have absolutely reached out, and I just want them to know how much that means to me and my mom and my family. And I really appreciate you ladies a lot, and it means a lot. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it means a lot. Sure. Um, sure. Also, um, I would like to mention uh, Angela Lloyd, who has reached out and uh, Amanda Bell is her name and her also I, pre- I just want you to know I, I appreciate you and she's going through so much right now um, she has a four year old who has leukemia where she's had to move close to a hospital who is struggling so much financially because it is costing so much uh, this poor little fellow having to go uh, for chemo weekly you know poor access and all that stuff that she's having to witness her four-year-old to go through but even through all that she thought enough for me to reach out to say hey you know what's going on how are you how's your son and that meant a lot so i just wanted to briefly mention them those women really quick because i really appreciate it no absolutely any amount of support is support and no absolutely and we we appreciate you taking the time to recognize them specifically because that's important as well 
In April of 2019, the Civil Rights Division for the federal government sued the Alabama Department of Corrections, and it alleges that pursuant to the Civil Rights of Institutionalized Persons Act, also known as CRIPA, C-R-I-P-A, there is reasonable cause to believe, based on the totality of the conditions, practices, and incidents discovered, that the conditions in Alabama's prisons for men violate the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, and that these violations are pursuant to a pattern or practice of resistance to the full enjoyment of rights protected by the Eighth Amendment. The lawsuit goes on to claim the combination of ADOCs, that's the Alabama Department of Corrections, overcrowding and understaffing results in prisons that are inadequately supervised with inappropriate and unsafe housing designations, creating an environment rife with violence, extortion, drugs, and weapons. It goes on to say prisoner-on-prisoner homicide and sexual abuse are common. Prisoners who are seriously injured or stabbed must find their way to security staff elsewhere in the facility or bang on the door of the dormitory to gain the attention of correctional officers. Prisoners have been tied up for days by other prisoners while unnoticed by security staff. All states and the the federal prison system reduced their prison populations in 2020, but 19 states and the federal government increased the number of people incarcerated in prisons in 2021. When we share things like this, when we share this stuff with you, Kimmy, what comes to mind when you hear facts like this? Oh boy, it's just, it's almost unbelievable, but I can tell you for a fact that I believe it. I'm in communication now with a lady that's from Choctaw County. Her son has, he was uh, probably uh, incarcerated around the same time that Terry Young was, was incarcerated. She was unable, she hadn't heard from her baby and she was just going crazy. She hadn't heard from her baby. So she had to get a lawyer to, you know, see what was going on with her son to come to find out that he was in like, um, what do you call when they're in, when they have them where they're trying to protect them from the other inmates. Protective Um, custody? Yeah, I guess something like that. But she was able to get, they were able to get his records. He had been brutally raped at 19 years old, beaten up in everything. Why wasn't his mom or his next family member had been notified about this? And she was not. So I believe it. I, I believe it. And whereas you hear this all this stimulus money that each state has gotten and things like that, where they're using it, you got some states who are getting ready to issue out more stimulus payments to to their to their residents. Uh, whereas in the state of Alabama, I've read that Governor Kay Ivey and her staff they're using that money. I think it's like a billion dollars or one point something billion dollars to build more prisons. That's what that money is being used for to build more prisons. Yeah, yeah. And to hear things like that, it just hurt. And these are the people that are elected to be in office and to build more prisons. Why? They're overcrowded because you have people there like my son who is innocent. Terry 
that isn't the only person that's in, in jail or prison that's innocent. Or you're putting them in jail just for anything and you're giving these high number of years for first time crimes and how they say the time don't fit the crime. It's so true, you know. You're likely to get 20 years for taking a bottle of water out of Walmart mm-hmm. in Alabama. Yeah. I just really don't, don't feel it. It just really hurts to hear those type of things. And as far as the lawsuit, I, I see a lot of more lawsuits coming for the state of Alabama. This place is absolutely sent back to the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. I don't know. We are not advancing as far as when it comes to the criminal justice system. And nothing is changing. They absolutely go by the old the old system and the old laws and the old rules. And they are not willing to change. They aren't. No, that's true. That's true. Change in the criminal justice system is not coming. It doesn't seem to be coming. Congress can't agree on anything, and it seems to be at a complete standstill. Kim Keisha, as we've had a chance to talk about Mother's Day and how it has impacted upon your heart, you know, we want to say as we start to approach wrapping up our conversation for today, we want to tell everybody who's listening that it's okay to be happy. Oftentimes, a parent feels that it isn't okay to be happy. And and that's understandable. When their sons or daughters were arrested, they've struggled with whether it was appropriate to ever be happy or smile again. And they often say things like, I thought I had to wait until my loved one was released before I could exhale. And again, that's understandable because of the hurt of the entire situation. They felt it was unjust for them to feel free and to enjoy life while their child was behind bars. And, you know, we've talked about how you have to try your best to carve out and continue to cultivate your life. In all honesty, do you feel as if your life may have been placed on a hold ever since this incident? incident occurred? Uh, yes, absolutely. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little emotional after that question. My life has absolutely been placed on hold. I don't want to do anything. You know what I tell you? I absolutely don't want to do everything. My every day, my every second of every day, Tyrion is on my mind. I've written so many letters and sent them up to different people just not to hear back, hear back from anybody as of yet. I'm not giving up hope. Um, I'm hoping to hear something back from Montgomery as life put on hold. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. don't do anything. I don't have any kind of social life. Even if family is getting together and wanting to do something, I don't feel like doing it. My niece, my niece, Kadesha, is getting ready to have her first baby. So mama is getting ready to be a great grandmother for the first time. And excited as that is for everybody, I'm excited as well. She had a baby shower last month. And everybody 
everybody was excited and everybody was there. But it was exactly a week after I had just saw Terry on in court and I couldn't pull it together to go. I just didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want anybody asking me any questions. I didn't want to talk to anybody that I could think of that was going to be there other than my sister. I didn't want to talk to them about Terry on. And so I didn't go. I didn't go. And, you know, as much as I know that I should have been a part of that, I just could not pull myself together. And it's not with just that. It, it, it's just been with so many things. I just can't get it right. Can't get it right. Sure, sure. That's understandable. You know, as we get ready to close out, I want to give you the last word. I want you to share with our listeners whatever's on your heart. And we want to take this time to thank you for joining us. I know this is a sensitive topic. I know there's a lot of pain involved in the entire process. Like we said, we're going to continue to see this through to its conclusion when Tarion makes it back home safely. We just want to thank you for your time and we want you to know that you are A-R-E important to us and uh, why don't you close us out with whatever information you'd like to share from your heart to other mothers that are in similar situations or to anyone in general. I just want each and every one of you all to know that I pray for everyone that might be going through this. I don't know any of you personally. I don't even know your names. I just take it to God and Prince and say for all moms that are going through this and are feeling the way that I am feeling, I pray for your strength and some type of way for you to cope to be able to get through this because we know as moms it don't get easier, but we have to find a way to hold on and carry on for our children who so desperately needs us because we're all they got. We have to be their voice. Their fight has to be our fight. And I just want you ladies to just hold on the best you can because this too shall pass. And personally, in my situation with my son, my innocent son, I believe that Terion is coming home sooner than later. I'm just trying to take this process for what it is and hold my hand up I suggest and hope that you all are doing the same stay in constant prayer because if you don't if you don't pray to your higher power whoever that may be I don't know how you would ever make it to this find you someone that's supportive like I have feel in my life whether it's a family member co-worker friend someone my name is Kim Keisha Johnson Kim Keisha Johnson dash bar on Facebook. You can feel free to message me if you ever just need to talk or fit. I'm here. Anything that I've learned throughout this process, I'll be glad to share with you and help you in any way that I can, if possible. Like I say, even if it's just a vent or you just need someone to talk to, I'm here anytime, day or night. But just try your best to hold on. Keep your heads up. Remind your child every time you talk to them or write a letter or send a card how much you love 
love them, how much you miss them, remind them how important they are, remind them, always let them know that they're not forgotten, how they're always on your mind, because a lot of times they feel forgotten, they feel, you know, everybody's got to forget about me, uh, you know, they, they dealing with so much mentally and emotionally, and as hard as it is for us, we have to be the ones to keep them uplifted and encouraged. So I'm praying for you guys. I ask that you do the same for me if you don't mind. And we will get through this. I'm hoping to locally here in Huntsville to start checking into starting some kind of support group, finding somewhere that somewhere, even if it's one of the AA buildings on the days or the hours that they're not there, that we can have a support group where we can sit and talk about our feelings, having our children locked away and having our children away from us. That is really something that I'm looking at too. So if you're in Huntsville or surrounding areas, please reach out to me. But I plan on coming up with something soon and putting that information out there. Uh, I will definitely be going through fields, so it probably will a lot be covered from him because his, his you know, he has a, a larger audience and people than I do that he can reach. So I'm definitely trying to do that. And maybe that's something that you all can think about doing in your area. Just trying to start some kind of support group where parents can get together and talk and express and vent and cry and scream <laughs> if we need to, yeah. to help one another get through this. So blessings to you all. And I will continue to pray for each and every one of you. Kim Keisha, thank you so much. We're so grateful to you for your time. And to everybody who's listening, if you feel compelled to help financially with the Legal Defense Fund for Tarion and provide any benevolent monetary gifts and or support for the family, you can do so at this web address. You can go to https colon slash slash gogetfunding.com slash justice for Tarion slash and hit enter. And we'll spell it all out for you in detail so you have it. And we greatly appreciate any gifts that you may provide. Hey, you're listening to Light Em Up. As you know, we take a deep dive on the criminal justice system, crime scene investigation, and leadership. The fact of the matter is, a mother's burden is the pain of her children. As other mothers of incarcerated children have attested to this pain, it is vast, deep, and wide. In sharing our thoughts around Mother's Day, we hope to brighten the day of any moms that are despondent, deeply depressed, and too blue. As we get ready to close out here, here are a few things that we'd like parents of incarcerated children to keep in mind. It's imperative to live. Tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. Live. One word, a simple statement. A simple statement, but it is also very true. A big part of living has been choosing to find and accept happiness. Our happiness cannot be dependent on another person, including our children. For all in this select group, this is a journey, not a sprint. But we have to learn to give our children's missteps back to them to carry. I know in this specific case, our special guest, Kim Keisha Johnson, her son Terion has done no wrong. We have to learn to give our children's missteps back to them to carry. We've learned that our refusal to find peace and happiness doesn't lighten their load. It just makes ours heavier. Who needs anything to feel worse in a situation like this? No one. 
It's okay to cry. The shortest sentence in the Bible is, Jesus wept. Use any resources that are available to you. If there are no resources, then make some. Reach out to other parents of incarcerated children. While it may be tempting to isolate yourself, our research has shown that there is a tremendous amount of encouragement in a community of like-situated mothers. Online, while nothing is perfect, there is support in Parents with Incarcerated Children, a support group for parents, and a Facebook group called Mothers of Incarcerated Sons and Daughters. And Light em Up is actively working in conjunction with campaigns that work to end mass incarceration in the United States, such as Live Free. For many mothers, they say, walking away is not an option. For others, the hurt may be too much. Each person has a pen in which they can author their own story. I've never been incarcerated, but I've interviewed a lot of people who have been and have told me about how isolating an experience it can be. Some incarcerated individuals have no support system. One day, when they get out, if they get out, no one will be there for them. Having no one and knowing that you have no one has to be one of the worst feelings a person can experience. We hope that won't be the case for your sons or daughters. In my humble opinion, a loving mother never abandons her responsibilities as a mother. Our children can never age out of our hearts. Of course, for many, we understand that not everyone feels the exact same way. Our sons, daughters, poor choices have caused rifts in other familial relationships, and we are hopeful those broken relationships can be restored. Each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. Mother's Day for mothers of incarcerated children is a day of remembrance. It's also a day of gratitude for what was, sadness for what is, and eternal hope for what will be. Hey, reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. We're always here to try to do our best to be of service to you. We are here for you and we are here because of you. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube and Instagram at Rizzo's Protective Group. We're very excited about being ranked 10th out of the top 35 criminal justice podcasts as ranked and listed by Feedspot. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to Feedspot at www.feedspot.com. And please, por favor, per favore, visit our friends at https colon slash slash newsly.me. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Hey, stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, science, to Bitcoin. It'll find you the latest articles and read them to you. Hey, it's as easy as that. And to top it off, they have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our podcast, Light 'em Up, is there too. I started using it as my default podcast app, and you can too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the podcast description liner notes and use the promo code LIGHTEMUP. And LIGHTEMUP in this case is spelled L, the number one, 
G-H-T-E-M-U-P. All one word. That's L, the number one, G-H-T-E-M-U-P. All one word.